0: All right, we're back. <laughs> y'all, be, y'all be gentle. Scott's first night. On the team. He's, he, you were pretty good
1: by yourself. Oh, well. It's hard. It's all right, I'll get this. I mean, you've set quite the standard.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, whatever. How we doing?
0: Hey, All right. Man, these video stories have been amazing. Yep. Um, So talk a little bit about the foster stuff. I know you and Jen are really embedded in that.
2: So here's what happens. This is actually really cool. Uh, So we started fostering like, I don't know, seven years ago, probably, or something like that. We did so because, uh, well, of a couple things. But one of those was we saw someone else doing it hmm. and we said oh we could do that well the the couple you saw on the video just now mandy and alan they they've been in our small group for a long time and so they watched us and they said oh well maybe we should join a care team after seeing uh-huh. what we walked through and then they joined the care team and then you heard the progression from there well here's how this works like so they People have watched them now, and they've become foster parents. So it's like, as people see people in the church caring and seeing, like, practical ways to do that, like, it just flows outward, and people start going, oh, I could do that. I could see where that makes a difference and how you can, as Carlos described it this morning, be Jesus people in a world like that. And anyways, it's been really cool to see, like, just kind of spread out and so how can these guys get involved yeah uh so our church has a ton of partnerships locally and one of the things we wanted to do in this series is just make sure you guys know like um how you know if you're if you like how do i plug into something like real practical and tangible um I was like, Carly's got her blue shirt on. Uh, You could probably talk to Carly. She's probably one of the best people. Who else in here is a missions intern? Do we have others in here? Um,
0: Slackers. Man,
2: where are the missions? I just called them out. I know. They worked so hard I guess because they had such a big day today. Um, (laughs) So they will help you find a spot. If you we will help you find yes. the spot. We'll help you plug in. There's there's a ton of local partners that our church has that we're working with and beside. And, and if you said, I have this skill or this passion, then they would say, okay, great. Here's how you can use it. Or uh, just the one specific one that Vic was alluding to was in foster care. If, um, my wife and I are still highly involved in the foster care world. And there are always needs for people to be on foster care teams. And that is what they just described, someone coming alongside a set of foster parents to help babysit, to help make meals, to help uh, in multitude of ways, um, because uh, foster parents end up juggling a lot, court dates, visits with with birth parents, um, taking care of the kids (laughs) like you would. Anyways, like that's not enough. Add like three things on top of that. So if you're interested in being on a foster care team, I can help you with that, you can find me afterwards, but we have a lot of opportunities.
0: Awesome. All right, week four in our care series. Um, we are, so we've, we looked at um, a story by Jesus. We looked at three guy, four guys who drop a friend through a roof. And then we looked at Jesus encounter with an individual first three weeks. And so tonight um, we're going to look at the birth of the church to see how uh, the church embodies uh, what what we've already seen in Jesus through uh, the Gospels. And so if you have your Bible, flip to Acts chapter 2, find that. And then we're also going to be in Acts chapter 4. So we're going to be in a couple of uh, passages where um, where we get a, a good description of what the church looks like uh, soon after the resurrection. So uh, let me pray for us and then uh, we're just going to jump right in. Father, thank you for an opportunity to gather and look at your word again uh, to see, um, Lord, how, how we care for each other and What we look at tonight in scripture, for a lot of us, we're going to read it and think, man, that's nothing like what um, we see a lot of times. But Lord, I pray you would help us be obedient to your word and what the Holy Spirit directs us to do. And so, God, we want to we want to care for people better. For the glory of Jesus and the good of all people, we pray. Amen. Amen. So Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 42. Scott, you want to read that?
1: Yeah. All right. I'll do that. Here we go. And they, the believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who are being saved. Chapter 4. So flip over a couple of pages or scroll
0: down however you need to find it. Chapter 4, the end of chapter 4, verse 32. Uh, Joel, you want to read that?
2: All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them for from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles feet. And it was distributed to anyone as he had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet.
0: So you, you have two passages that describe uh, life in the early church. And so when I look at these two texts, this is, this is how I would describe what's going on. All right. You have a, a group of people who are unified around the person of Jesus and um, that's displayed through their uh, devotion to the apostles' teaching, uh, fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayer, right? And that results in this joyful generosity in their community where no one is in need, mm-hmm. right? So that's, that's in a nutshell what's going on in those two passages. So I, I, we're just going to we're going to have somewhat of a conversation and talk about some of the ideas in here that sometimes uh, may cause some confusion, uh, and then we're going we're gonna to try something. Juice, can you throw my number on the screen up there? There we go. The always fun text in your questions segment. <laughs> I do reserve the right to not answer. So Uh,
2: anytime while we're talking text a question of Vic, we might just stop right in the middle and answer a question. That's true. In in case you haven't been here when we do this, but
0: it really probably needs to pertain to this.
2: Yeah, that's, that would be good.
0: Unless you want to know what Scott runs the 40 in. 4-2. 4-2. You and Dion, (laughs) man. (laughs) With the wind behind me. Wait, look, I've got my first question from Joel. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, it's not for me. It went to both of us.
0: <laughs> oh, your name is the only one I say. Oh, I see who it is now.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting over here. What about wow. this? Wow.
0: Here it is. Wow. Here we go again.
2: This is Three good, times. This is a good one to launch off on. Three times. You, you two answer this. Mm-hmm.
0: How does this not support communis- communism slash socialism? <laughs> so I'm just going to take a break.
1: You had a great answer, teaching team. Yeah. Go. Well, so I think, uh, I, think, I, think I don't think it's really, um, I mean, I guess there's some things you can draw from it, but, you know, here's the thing with communism, and, and I guess one thing that in my experience, uh, I remember as a high school student, uh, I went down to Key West, Florida on a mission trip, and we actually went to a refugee uh, center there, and just the day before, They had rescued all these, uh, basically these Cuban exiles who were trying to get on whatever makeshift raft they could put together. Mm. And it wasn't a boat. It was whatever they thought possibly could float the (laughs) 70 or 90 miles it is between the two coastlines. And they rescued them, and they brought them uh, to this center. And it just, man, that was a very, very vivid, tangible reminder of, man, those people obviously I don't think are having all their needs met <laughs> um, if they're willing to, to go to that much effort to try to to leave. So, And, and then in, in the studying of that, you see that communism is more of a government-enforced yeah. uh, sharing of things. And, and we'll get into this in a little bit. I know Vic had a pretty good uh, short description of, of the difference between that, and, and I thought Carlos did a really good job today answering. But I would say that communism is more of a government-enforced, and Christianity is more of a... Uh, Spirit filled mm-hmm. sharing and giving. C- completely different. One is under obligation.
2: Uh, one, hopefully, is under obedience to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, first of all, there's no command in this section for this to happen. So, this is all voluntarily mm-hmm. yeah. you know, arising from them to say, look, <coughs> we're going to come together and we're going to, uh, when we see a need, In fact, here's an important part. In both sections, it says, as whoever had a need. So they gave to anyone as they had need. So this isn't kind of like, okay, everybody, we're going to pool everything all at once. It was like, oh, so-and-so has a need right now. I'm going to go sell my land to to take care of this. So it was this outrageous generosity, but it's definitely different than uh, the sense of any kind of Structure like that government structure like that another here's something else. I think this is really important I just was thinking about this and acts 5. Okay, so look look up um, just a (laughs) chapter There's there's this contrast between who we just read about at the end of chapter 4 and Barnabas. Yeah, and then Yeah, the next two characters in this story Ananias and Sapphira uh, who sell some property so immediately the, the you know like here's this here's Satan trying to abuse what had been good in the church, right so all these people are coming together they're like this extreme generosity is happening, and so here's this couple who looks on and is like, "Oh like i want to be I want to get on this, but I don't want it to cost me quite as much so you know so they want to be a part of it, but they they also know they don't really want to count the cost, and so they they come and They uh, sell some land, but they hold back part of it. But they make everybody in the church think that they've actually, like, you know, been so generous. And and all the proceeds from the sale have gone to the church. And here's what Peter says to them in verse 4. He says, while that land remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? So there's a pretty quick, like, Refute of the idea that this was some kind of forced uh, permanent structure of the church to say like, oh, this is how you have to do it. Mm -hmm. It's not that, but I think it's also just as important to step back and be like, well, let's not dismiss it so fast either. Let's not just say like, oh no, we shouldn't do this.
0: (laughs) So so here's, I have to have things really simple. (laughs) And um, so I would say, uh, communism slash socialism says it's it's the government or authority saying, "What's yours is everyone's." Okay, Christianity is the uh, is the spirit filled believer saying, "What's mine is yours." Mm-hmm. You see the difference? Mm-hmm. It's it's this surrender to the Holy Spirit. You see a need, you hold everything open handed, and you're not having to be coerced yeah. into doing it.
2: So they say here, here, I'm gonna ask you a question. So it says in Acts 4, 32, it says, No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, right? Right. So so it's saying that like no one is saying like that this is mine. But then it says, I'm sorry, I don't have the verses written down, but it says from for from time to time those who owned lands or houses sold them. So at the same time it's saying yeah. no one is claiming these possessions, but they're still owning it, right? And and so, would you say that, um, I, I think of the story of Jesus and when, he's, when he, um, the parable of talents, where he says, yeah. here, I'm going to give you 10, I'm going to give you 5, I'm going to give you 1. And and so, they're not the owners of those talents. R- right. But they're the managers of it. So, I've always viewed it through that viewpoint, that that. God gives us things, and so ultimately He's the possessor of them. He owns all of our stuff,
0: right? And and so it's it's um, you can't make the argument from the New Testament that there was no ownership mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. property. They meet in Mary's house. They meet in Je- like the number of people. It says they met in their house. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, obviously, these two passages, people own things. You can't sell something you don't own, um, but the but you it's not this. Um, I I think it even goes it goes way back even to the covenant with Abraham. If you think about when God says to Abraham, "I'm going to make you a great nation," right, and you will I'm going to bless you so you can bless others. What you see happening here is through the Holy Spirit, the fulfillment of what God tells Abraham his people are going to do, right? So they, God's blessed them. They have things, and so they hold it with an open hand Mm -hmm. and steward it and take care of it. And when there's a need, they meet it. That way they can bless other people. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I think, thank you.
1: You just probably say. <laughs> well, I think, you, know, you mentioned the you, 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 mentioned, yeah, you mentioned the open hand, and yeah. and uh, you go back to Deuteronomy 15. And if you uh, y'all want to turn there for a second, but Deuteronomy uh, 15, uh, I think it's in verse four. It says, "But there will be no poor among you, for the Lord will bless you in the land that the Lord God has given you for an inheritance to possess, if you only will strictly obey the voice." Mm. Of the That's Lord good. your God, being That's careful good. to do all the, this commandment that I command you today. For the Lord your God will bless you as he promised, and you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And you shall rule over many nations, but they shall not rule over you. But it goes on to say, hmm. if among you one of your brothers should become poor in any of your towns with your within your land that the Lord your God has given you, you shall not uh, harden your heart or shut your hand against wow. your poor brother. But you shall open your hand... To him and lend him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. Take care lest there will be an unworthy thought in your heart. And really, what it comes down to is this: it's this heart. Yeah. It's your heart. Oh man! And, uh, and now and, you're meddling. And, well, I know I'm really speaking to myself here. Um, and, and, and really, uh, kind of my uh, one of the example I have, and, and I know as, as fathers we've all experienced this, and you as human beings have all done this, um, but. <laughs> Uh, I've got three boys, and as I was looking and studying uh, this, I got reminded of uh, this, this point when their babies moving into that toddler age where uh, there's like willful obedience where you're like, hey, Drew, hand me that, and Drew hands me that, right? And then some point along the way, there's a switch that goes off, and it's now <laughs> no, like Mine. Right, And then and then we entered another uh, boy into the mix. So they were 18 months apart. And it then becomes this mine, mine, mine. Like it's, and, and, and but. It's, With and sh- boys, it's
2: a lot of grunting too. It yeah. is. They just grunt. It is. <laughs> and then wrestling and fighting and all kinds of stuff. Mm. It's
1: awesome. And, uh, but the, this whole thing of mine, but it, it's it's still a challenge for me today. I was so convicted reading this because I still struggle with this, it's it's mine. Yeah, And I think really what it's talking about here is that as they talk about the ownership of it, I think they really just had a understanding that they're to be good stewards of what the Lord yeah. had entrusted to them.
2: I that, tried to teach that to my kids. I've, <laughs> I've worked so hard at this. I may have even said that one night in here where like we literally say to our kids, um, that doesn't belong to you, that belongs to God. And so like when when, you know, when we're trying to like, they'll say, no, that's mine. I'm like, no, that's God. So uh, that's the constant reminder. And then reminder. they use it only. And then then they, they use it. it, it, and, it yeah. against and that's not yours, it's yeah. God's. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, um, so t- you went back to the Old Testament. Yeah. Flip forward a little further in the New Testament into the first John. <clears throat> so you got flipped to your right or scroll down. First John 317. says this I'll give you a second first John 3:17 hmm. but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need yet closes his heart against him sounds familiar right
1: yeah.
2: how does God's love abide in him? And that's what it comes back to as, like, what's motivating this early church to show us this kind of example of just outrageous generosity? What's the motivation behind what they're doing? What's the motivation for us to see a need and go, man, if, if that's, that's expensive, I'm going to have to, you know, be willing to, oh, here's a good example. We do it for ourselves. I'll tell you, like when I, I wanted to get married, I needed to get a ring for, for my now wife. Yeah, boy, come on. So I had to sell my car that I loved dearly and in <laughs> order to, it was, it was worth a ring and then a really, really bad car. So I still had a car to drive, but that afforded me <laughs> the, the chance to buy her a ring. And so I made this sacrifice, okay, I'm going to sell my car. I'm going to drive around this thing that no one wants to see me in, and but I'm going to give this girl a ring. And so I made that choice, right, because that was important to me. And so it's when we raise the interest of others to, to those of ourselves, as Philippians 2 talks about, yeah. then you're going to be motivated to do that. Like that's the heart behind it, the heart of Jesus that we've seen in the other stories in this series – that like says, I will go to whatever length necessary to meet this need.
0: I, and I, I think, um, man, there's a lot of socialism questions. <laughs> 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 Are you guys worried about this? <laughs> it's on everybody's mind. I Before we get, I wanna answer a couple more of these cause they're really good. But, but I think we gotta talk about the, uh, what they're unified around first, right? And and this idea that before any of this happens, right, in chapter two, do you you know what happened? Mm -hmm. This means yes. Or this means no, tell us. Um, I'll tell you anyway. They gather in a room to pray, right? Jesus tells them, go pray and wait on the Holy Spirit, because guess what? The Christian life isn't hard. It's not difficult. It's impossible apart from Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: All right? And so um, the Holy Spirit shows up. And all of a sudden, these people are different. Right? A.W. Tozer. This is one of the best quotes ever. Mm. So I'll post it wherever we post things, or some of my people will. Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos all tuned to the same fork are automatically tuned to each other they are of one accord by being tuned not to each other but to another standard to which each one must individually bow so 100 worshipers met together each one looking to christ they are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be were they to become unity conscious and turn their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship. Mm-hmm. Isn't that good, <laughs> right? So the idea of pianos, trying to tune a piano with another piano, what Tozer is saying there if you tune all of them to one tuning fork, yeah. they're, they're gonna be tuned to each other automatically. That's what happens when these believers mm-hmm. gather and they're focused on Jesus, they're praying, The community and the fellowship that happens there is supernatural. And some of you know what I'm talking about. If if you're in a tribe, and I know this is true because we tried to multiply a couple of tribes and there was like a revolt, right? Why are you breaking up our community? You you understand that when you're centered around the person in the work of Jesus, eyes on him, you're going to end up closer to people than if you're just focused on the other people. Does that make sense? It should because it's true.
1: You look like you've got something to say. No, I just, um, this unity, uh, the importance of the community that takes place and the encouragement that comes out of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ephesians 4 Paul's talking to the church there. He's he's in prison. And he says, I urge you to walk in a manner manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness. And I'm thinking, um, you know, meeting someone's need, I think in many ways, is an act of humility and humbleness Mm -hmm. and gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love. eager eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, there's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all in all, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And it goes back to what's in Acts 4 where it's talking about the great grace. You mentioned, you know, you ring you yeah. know, for Jennifer and you lavished her with that, right? Yeah. It's like a three it, or four it, carat it, ring. You should it was see this lavished, thing. Yeah. It was you very lavish. But you know, when you sell up. when you sell a BMW, uh, to when <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But but you wow. know the first job three at the beginning. Because they know what kind of car I drive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Everybody's seen his car stop. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but at the beginning of the First John, First thir- uh, John three, where it says, "But he lavished on us, right?" Mm-hmm, so, because mm-hmm. Christ lavishes on us, yep. I believe we're called to to care for others in a way that's that's seen as such.
0: I, can I you, I love this room because we get questions like this. This is a, <laughs> this is a thinking room right here. Mm. Oh, this is so good. If you sent this question, I don't have your number for some reason, come see me after. I'll, I'll buy you coffee sometime this week. <laughs> this is a fantastic oh, question. There's a lot of buildup to this one. Is there a balance to this idea of sharing with the passage like Second Thessalonians 3? And I'm going to read the passage. Nor do we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring And toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. Mm -hmm. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to make ourselves a model for you to follow. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. If a man will not work, (laughs) he shall not eat. (laughs) Bro, that's a good question. There you go.
1: Or sister. Or sister.
0: (laughs) Either way, spectacular question. All right, Joel, go ahead. Definitely sister. Um, I hope it's not a dude. (laughs)
2: Because I got follow-ups. They're just like, let me check out Thessalonians right now. Um, So my first answer off the top of my head would be, um, again, that like in Acts chapter 2 and 4, there's no indication that no one's not working. There's no indication that no one's not doing exactly what... Paul prescribed there to meet needs um, and, and and in every way just voluntary in which do do we give right now do we take right now like he's saying right now because there are plenty of times where where Paul does receive yeah. his wages <laughs> yes um, from the church and he says you know like hey don't don't muzzle an ox like you know you'll have to uh, you need to pay for those who who minister over you so Uh, So it goes back and forth uh, between, like, sometimes he does kind of take that stance and sometimes he doesn't. But again, it all goes back to the idea that this is voluntary. That, like, uh, how we give, and it's not just voluntary, it's led by the Spirit. Yeah, that's right. That we have to be listening to where God is directing us. In fact, like, this has been the biggest challenge for me personally as we walk through this series. As a church, we've been talking about care, care, care. So I'm like, okay, I'm a pastor here. I got to, like, do, like, I got to put this into practice, you know? Like, I'm preaching this. And I'm like, okay, um, Pastor Carlos, he's going through a hard time right now. What can I do to care for him? Yeah. Um, another friend of mine, I know they're walking through some difficult stuff right now. Like, what do I do? And I'm like, this is hard. I don't know exactly what to do at this time because most people don't express that need right most people aren't just like yeah you know give me a new bmw or what you know like some people are but but i mean i'm not saying i wouldn't accept it if you wanted to to give that no 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 back up most people don't just say like i need this i need this like it really takes us i think this is huge praying for people we know they're going through a hard time and the more we pray for them i think the more the lord reveals like what we can do to step in and help in in those moments yeah, I, th- I don't know where I went just with that, what? but no, there you go. I, that was a good answer on the spot cuz that's a great
0: that's a thoughtful question and I'm going to give a very far from the hip answer. These are always awesome. You
2: <laughs> I think
0: basically what Paul is saying in 2 Thessalonians is, look, boy, if you are laying up in mom's basement eating mm. Cheetos and playing Minecraft, that's the message. Stop! I th- <laughs> Don't come asking me for cash. That's what Paul's saying. That's the unpublished Vic version. Now go. Please sanctify that somehow.
2: <laughs> One day I'm gonna just piece all yeah, those this together that you say. I'm gonna make my own version. <laughs> this is the Yeah.
1: You know, I think um,
2: <laughs> Paul Paul
1: Paul does address some of this, I think, in Philippians two. Uh, he says, not, look, not only to his own interest.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Like, so I mean, it, it says um, right before that, um, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Look, each of you not, look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. So in some ways, I do think it says that you have interest. And I do also agree that we're not supposed to just sit around and expect other people to support us, take care of us. Because you've all been gifted mm. and skilled and talented, and so if we all just sat around and everyone took I mean, no, no, nothing would be, I mean, like, part of the reason we can care and we can provide help is because we use our gifts and talents, and, and therefore we put ourselves in a position where we can help others.
2: Yeah, that's really a good passage to put beside this one. It really right. is. It's really so good, that yeah. there, is, there is the balance, because yeah. you can run one way or the other on either yeah. end.
0: And, and it's this, so we live in a culture and you guys are bombarded with this. Nobody knows how to nuance anything. Yeah. Right. It's everybody's on the extremes. Right. And, and nobody can hold a balance between things that feel. Cause that's hard. Hard. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's a lot of work. That's work. And people are basically lazy. Yeah. And, and so, um, I'd throw myself in that group. <laughs> like it's. That's hard work, yeah. right? To be nuanced and to try to listen to learn, not listen to respond. And um, in fact, here's here's another question um, th- that I, I want to talk about. So verse 46 says they met every day. So are we called to meet every day as the church? And how does that contradict the saying that we aren't supposed to be busy Christians? <laughs> so here's that's, here, here's Here's. Probably the best way I can explain this is is by describing um, an experience Joel and I had in California at a church called Grace Point. It's in Oakland. Um, Anybody know know about this church? Only because you've heard the stories. Wait, is somebody over here? Front row. Front row, maybe. Really? Listen, I don't know why you came here. Cause no, no joke, this church, like there were moments, so Joel and Robbie and Taylor and I went to a conference there, and there were moments where we were
1: sitting with each other and go, this is a cult. How did Taylor get on that trip? What, what, what was I doing? I think I was mad at you about we, something. I, we, don't,
2: I don't know. We immediately regretted the decision. Yes, I,
1: yes. <laughs> if I
0: could go back in time, trust me.
2: <laughs> go um, ahead
1: sorry
0: but this church had they they lived this out in a way that was unusual they had um, they literally had keys to each other's houses or knew the key codes Uh, they complete strangers right we walk into their house, and they've never met us, and they're like, so the car's in the garage, the keys are here, yeah, yeah. the food's in the fridge.
2: Oh, oh, wait, don't take it this afternoon from 4 to 6. Uh, so-and-so's coming to get it. He's got to borrow it. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Crazy yeah. talk. Mm-hmm. One afternoon, I'm at, at one of the sessions, I'm walking out to get an Uber, right? And one of the pastors comes up and goes, what are you, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm getting a car, and he goes, no, 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 no go to the office and talk to one of the secretaries. And he said, she'll give you keys. And I'm, I'm like, keys to what? And he, and he walks me around the corner and he points down a to row a BMW. of like 20 cars, <laughs> right? And this is Silicon Valley. So that there were no, nobody's driving what I drive, right? So these were cars that church members had left the church when they went to be part of a church plant. And he said, yeah, they gave them to us so we could use them. So yeah, just get one of those. I'm like, wait, what? What am I answering? Oh, the everyday thing.
1: <laughs> I had you, I had you. Thank you. Believe it or not.
0: There, there was a sense in that church that they were, they were so deeply connected mm-hmm that it probably felt like they were together every day. Does that make sense? And some of you who live in Pineview know what I'm talking about. <laughs> See, the gospel ghetto. <laughs> like you all live in one house, right? Literally. I remember back in the day, I hope, the, I hope they've gotten a little tighter on security over there. Were, I'm not, I shouldn't tell this story. I know there was a house at one point that I think had 13 guys living in it. It's awkward. And there's no way it was safe or sanitary. (laughs) But this idea, again, like Joel's already pointed pointed out, it it isn't this obligation, like, it's a spirit-led thing. And if you you are, again, in tune with the spirit and you love... Who else you want to be around? Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it, you're not obligated to every day, oh, Well, I got to check that off the list. Right? We, yeah. Here's the problem. We're looking for a checklist instead of walking mm-hmm. in, in grace. Yep.
2: And, and you could walk out of here hearing this and be like, okay, you know what? I've saved up $3,000. I'm just going to give that to the church and I've fulfilled this. And it's like, No, that's not how it works. It's not that easy. You can't just check. Even even when it comes to like being extremely generous, that's not the checklist. The checklist is like the faithful generosity of as we follow the spirit in each other's lives. And, And one point I think that's really important that I don't know if we've said in these passages is the temptation is to take apart these passages. You have these few verses and you're like, okay, here's what a church has to do. We have to we have to pray, we have to worship, we have to, uh, you know, um, see, follow teaching and you like pick them apart where like this description of the church is so all connected and pieced together. It would be like saying, you know, I'm going to take out somebody's heart and lungs and organs and skin and and then like Try to reassemble it over there. Like it doesn't work that way. You can't take the pieces and say, "Here's a church." Like, like everything becomes so connected. I don't know if that was a good metaphor, but, anyways, it's so connected that you like, like you can't pull this apart. Like, so if, so here's here's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, if if all of a sudden we say care is such a big deal in our church. Okay, great. Like we start stepping up for each other's needs, but then we miss the teaching, mm. and. The fellowship and the breaking of the bread and the prayer, and we missed that part. Then we missed it. Like the, these things move hand in hand together. Like as the church, like we, like at the center is Jesus. At the center is is his teaching and who he is. And and so like we can't step outside of that. I guess is what I think is really important to say tonight too.
0: Right. And out of that uh, community, right. Remember, unified around the person we Of jesus through the teaching the fellowship the breaking of bread and prayer results in a community that is joyfully generous and and go back to chapter two because i i want to i want to put the plane on the ground here and man we got a lot of questions and this so this is an answer to a a couple of folks who've asked about, what about non-believers? Chapter two, verse 47. Actually, we'll we'll go 46. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. There's that joy, Mm -hmm. praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily, those who who were being saved. Here's how all of this relates to people that don't know Jesus. And some of you have seen this. Some of you are in the room because of this. Because you've seen people love each other and care for each other in such an insane way way that it doesn't look like anything else the world has and and as an unbeliever you've, you you may lean in and go man i i don't know what's going on there but i would like to know and it gives opportunity for you to share the gospel and the love of jesus i i think the way in fact jesus said this francis schaeffer said it's the final apologetic and what Schaefer meant by that was, I, I'm gonna butcher where it is, somebody can find it. Jesus said, the world will know you are my disciples by your love for each other. So Jesus gives the unbelieving world the right to decide if we're in. By the way, we love each other. That's the, that's the final apologetic. Do we love, do we care? Do, are we walking this out spirit filled, mm-hmm. not legalistic, but going, man, that, that looks like a need. I need to pray about it. can I meet that? And, and, and that's an opportunity for you and you guys do, you do it well. Like trust me, I, like from, from the outside looking in, you, you, you include people, you love each other. And I don't, look, if I was a college student and did not know Jesus, I would want to be in your circles, right? So just keep doing what you're doing. Keep loving Jesus, right? And if you, I mean, the reality is there may be somebody in the room tonight that hasn't stepped into the faith community by saying yes to Jesus. And, and here's, how, here's how easy it is. Right? Jesus was born a man, right? You can't get your head wrapped around the idea that the second person of the Trinity wrapped flesh and blood around himself, right? He lived a life you and I, you and I could not live. Did not sin, obeyed all the commandments perfectly, loved perfectly, met needs perfectly... But then he died a criminal's death because that's what we deserved. And he was buried in a borrowed tomb. But on the third day, he rose from the grave, conquering sin and death to build this community. This colony in, of heaven in a country of death. So that the world could have some hope. mm mm-hmm and and tonight would be an awesome night for you to say yes to Jesus. And in fact, the band's going to come out. We're going to Easter's coming, right? The tomb is empty, throne is occupied. And we're going to sing a song tonight to that that is about that. So if you haven't said yes to Jesus, we would invite you to do that tonight. And I know we didn't we probably didn't get to your question cuz I think I got about 50. But uh you may see some of these again on the podcast. But I want to I pray for us. And um, he, here's the thing. Just keep loving Jesus, obeying the Spirit, and everything will be okay. Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, I, I thank you for these guys and gals and just how thoughtful they are about um, your word. I know Joel and Scott would agree with me. It is, it's an honor to, to teach uh, these guys and gals. And so, Lord, I pray you would honor their, uh, their desire to want to be obedient, to want to love you, Jesus, in a way that brings glory and honor to you, but also serves other people. And, Lord, we pray now. God, that you would do work in our hearts as we sing about the amazing gift of salvation from our King Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.